I'm so glad again to be sharing God's word with you. And it's been a great privilege for me. I want to ask the Lord to help us as we go through this text. Father, we just lift up all ourselves before you. We ask that you speak to us. Have mercy on me and use me as your vessel. And Father, just anoint my lips and speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we are in Isaiah 42. And it's a very, very interesting text. As I was saying the last time that the whole section is about restoration. Amen. And the chapter 40 was about God forgiving us of all the sins, forgiving the Israelites of their sins and doing something new for them. Isaiah 41 was about the return of the people from captivity and by Cyrus, his servant. Amen. And then we talk a bit about idols and all that. In Isaiah 42 today, we are dealing with the promise of the servants of the Lord. Hallelujah. God promising to bring his desired servant of the Lord. Now, this servant is not like any other servant. This servant is not like Cyrus, as uh, God called him his servant. This servant is not even like Isaiah. Amen. And um, Israel was also called the servant of the Lord. But this servant is different from Israel. Now, he's, an, he's from Israel, but he's different from Israel in many ways. Amen. In Isaiah 43, verse 10, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10, he says, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor, nor will there be one after me. Jesus, God was talking about Israel as a servant. And we all know that Israel failed in being God's desired servant. Hallelujah. And that's why they found themselves in captivity. But God was preparing to bring restoration. And he needed to bring his chosen servant, his desired servant. I would like to insist again that this servant is not like Abraham, although Abraham was the friend of God. Hallelujah. This servant is not even like Moses, although Moses, God spoke to him face to face, but he's, he's different from Moses. Hallelujah. And when you look into the text, there seems to be a bit of a confusion if you read the text very carefully. Now, this servant is, is meek, is humble. When you start from the beginning, from the verse 1, he says, Here's my servant who have, who I, 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 whom I uphold. My chosen one in whom I delight, I put my spirit on him and bring justice to nations. Now the verse 2 says, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. His faithfulness, in faithfulness he will bring forth justice. Hallelujah. He will not be discouraged, he will not falter till he establishes justice on the earth. In his, in his law, the islands will put their trust. So he seems to be a very calm, nice, gentle servant. Nice one. And then from the verse 13, it seems like a different person. From verse 13. <laughs> verse 13 says, The Lord will march out like a mighty man. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. Verse 14. It says, For a long time, I kept silent. So the first time, he's going to be silent not make any noise. This time, he's not going to be silent. He says, for a long time, I kept silent. I've been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. The next one. 
I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn their rivers into islands and dry up the pools. Continue. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the words, uh, these are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Hallelujah. So it seems like a very calm, gentle servant. At the point then, <laughs> no, I will not be silent. It's like two different persons in the same story. Now, I would like to insist that um, Isaiah was kind of prophesying. And, and it's, like, it's like a photographer who is looking at a mountain. So a photographer is looking at a mountain, but he doesn't see that it's a range of, it's a, it's a range of mountains. He doesn't see that it's, it's a mountain range. He just sees a mountain. So he's looking at it this way. But actually, it is one big spot and another big spot. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. This is one big one and another one. Because he's looking at it in this direction, he can't really see that it is two big different mountains. So they are all in one passage, but there are two different dispensations. The first dispensation is about the first advent of Christ, the first coming of the Lord. In between the first one and the second one is a long period. And we are in for more than 2,000 years. We are still waiting. Hallelujah. So, so you see that the first one is a very gentle, nice servant coming. He makes no trouble. And all of a sudden, another one, the same person is coming and he's, he's, he will not be silent. He will not keep quiet. He will not allow you rest. No, no, no. He's coming to bring judgment on the earth. Hallelujah. Ask your brother, do you understand what he's saying? Do you understand what he's saying? Ask your brother, do you understand? Ask your brother, do you understand what he's saying? Shake him for me. Do you understand what he's saying? Do you understand what he's talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. So I'd like you to know that in the same text, we're having two different dispensations in this very text. And the first one is about the first advent. So the Bible says that he is the lion and the, and the lamb. Jesus is what? Is the lion and, and the lamb. And when you check in the books, you realize that he is first of all the lamb before the lion. So in the first part of, of the servant coming, we see a lamb, nice lamb, makes no trouble. Then we see a lion who will not keep quiet. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are talking about God's servant. God's servant. And, and I'm, so, I'm so glad to be talking about this servant. Who is this servant? Who is this servant whose birth was told in Isaiah chapter 7? Way, 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 years and years before, before he came. More than 500 years before he appeared. His birth was told and he said, he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Who is this servant whose, whose birth was announced by angels? And they came around dancing and clapping and so much rejoicing. And saying that glory be to God in the highest and peace to man on earth. Hallelujah. On whom his favor rests. Who is this man? that others will not be allowed to die. Simeon will not be allowed to die until he has seen this baby, until he has seen the resurrection and he has seen the salvation that God has prepared in the sight of all, all people for, for all humanity. Who is this servant? Who at the age of 12 years baffles the Pharisees and the teachers of the law with so much wisdom, 
Who is the servant that John writes about? John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Hallelujah. Who is the servant? He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of man. Who is this servant? He was in the world, but the world did not recognize him. Although the word was made through him. Who is the servant? He says that he was, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen his glory. Hallelujah. The glory of the one and only begotten of the Father. Hallelujah. The verse, the verse 18 tells us, No one has seen God, but God, the one and only, has made him known. So Jesus is God coming out of God. Hallelujah. To make the Father known to us. Who is this servant? In Matthew 17, who is this servant? That, that his face changes. His whole being changes at a point. He's with Elijah. He's with Moses. And all of a sudden, he's different again. And the disciples are wondering, who is this guy? Who are we dealing with? Who is this servant we are talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, somebody? Are you with me? In Isaiah 40, 42, let's, let's go to our text now in Isaiah 42. Who is he? Who is this servant? He is my servant. God says he is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Hallelujah. In whom I delight, in whom I'm so pleased, in whom I'm so glad, I'm so pleased to, to have him. I don't, know, I don't know whether there's anybody that God has spoken so openly and said he's so glad about. In Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, I like Luke chapter 3. Go with me to Luke chapter 3. Luke 3 verse 21, Luke 3 verse 21. Thank you, Father. When all the people were being baptized, <laughs> hallelujah, when all the people were being baptized, I love Jesus, I love this servant, I love him. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. In other places, it says, Jesus too. Jesus too. Imagine you have a long queue of people, and you are the king, you are the boss, you are the governor. Would you like to join the queue? How many like to join queues? How many like to go to Marjan and see a long queue there? These days, most of the companies that are doing well are the ones that you just call and they bring your groceries down. Yeah, we don't want to join the queue. But Bible says, Jesus too, join the queue. The one who is from heaven. The one who, who is by the side of the Father. He too came and saw people queuing and he joined the queue. Who is this Jesus? Hallelujah. He joined the queue. It says, he, it says he too, he was also baptized by a human being. Jesus. I love this Jesus. Jesus was baptized. And as he was praying, heaven opened. Hallelujah. The next one. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from, he from heaven. You are my son. I love this. You are my son. God said he is my son. A voice from heaven. In whom? Whom I love. 
With you, I am well pleased. Ooh, wow. God opened up his mouth to say that there's somebody on this earth, somebody came into this world with whom he loves, with whom he is well pleased, one person he is so pleased with. And he made that confession many times. Brothers and sisters, I was glad to know that God was actually pleased with somebody. I was glad to know that God is really pleased with somebody. It amazed me because somewhere in my Bible, I read in Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews 10 verse 5 to 10. Hebrews 5, Hebrews 10 verse 5 to 10. Please put that for us very quickly. Hebrews 10 verse 5 to 10. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you did not desire. Hmm. I, I, I thought God was pleased with all the sacrifices and offerings. And God liked all that the, the Israelites were doing all those days. And killing animals and animals. I thought he was pleased with that. I thought he was happy. But, but this shook me. He says, he says, sacrifices and offerings you did not desire. But a body you prepared for me. Hallelujah. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Hey. Wow. God was not pleased. With all that. So, so if, if a, a, a goat was sacrificed on your behalf to save you, God says, I am not pleased with that goat. If a cow is sacrificed on your behalf, God says, I am not pleased with that cow. There's one person with whom I am pleased. Wow. The next one. The next one. Then he said, here I am. It's written about me in the scroll. I've come to do your will. Oh, God. The next one. The next one. Yes, verse 8. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings, and sin offerings you did not desire. Nor were you pleased with them, although the Lord required them to be done. Then he said, here I am. I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. The next one. And by that will, we have been made holy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So when God is saying, this is the one I am pleased with, it, it makes me very glad that God, at least one person has been able to please him. One person's body has been able to please him. And that person is his chosen servant. Hallelujah. Amen. It makes me so, so, so glad. And this servant, who is this servant? God is so pleased with it. God is pleased with his sacrifice. Because he pleased the Father. The Father has accepted all of us. Hallelujah. Who is this servant? The next one, the next verse, verse 2. Very quickly. Isaiah 42, verse 2. He says, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. Hmm. He will not shout or cry out. He will not blow his trumpet all around. This is the kind of servant God is happy with. Hallelujah. The man is so humble. It depicts his humility. He's so humble. He will not, he will not cry out. He will, not, he will not just be making noise anywhere. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 18 to 21. Matthew chapter 12, 18 to 21. Jesus healed somebody. Jesus healed somebody there. And he told the person, he told them something. And the Bible records that he said this in order to say what was said in Isaiah 42. Here is my servant. Go, go up a bit. Go up a bit to the verse 16. Maybe you could see it. 
Uh huh. Verse, no, go to the verse 15. Verse 15. And when of the Jesus withdrew from them, from, from their place, many followed him and he healed all their sick. The next one. Warning them not to tell who he was. Hallelujah. I think if I did all the miracles in the world, I think I would like to announce it on Facebook. I'm telling you. I think I'll go on YouTube. I'll go, I'll go somewhere or I will get somewhere. I'll get, I'll get somewhere. But Jesus does all these miracles and he tells the people not to what? Don't tell them who I am. What? Who is this guy? Hallelujah. Wanted them not to tell them who he was. The next one. Verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. The next one. Here is my servant whom I have chosen. So he's repeating what was said in Isaiah. The one I love whom I delight. The next one. The next verse. The next verse. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. He's a humble servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus heals somebody there. In Luke chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, Jesus says the same thing there. In Luke 5, verse 13 and 14. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. The man said, are you willing to make me clean? Then Jesus said, yes, I'm willing. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Look at what Jesus would do. Jesus ordered him. Don't tell Don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. I'm like, ooh. How many of us like to announce the good things we do? Oh, how many of us like to be on, um, which one is better now? Twitter. <laughs> Something. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Jesus says, <laughs> I have local Instagram, but shh, I won't use it. <laughs> I have a local Facebook. I'm not going to use it. I have a YouTube. <laughs> Most times he said, do not say it, but he said it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Jesus was so humble, and he was so compassionate. Hallelujah. Bible says, a bruised reed he will not, he will not, burn, he will not break, break off. He's going to strengthen all those that are weak and bring them up. They are burnt, but he will bring them up. Mm. He says, a flickering, a flickering flame, a flickering lamb. He's not going to, he's not going to snuff out. A wick that is that is that barely has any light in it. He says he will not, he will not take it out. He will make sure that it burns again. He burns brighter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who is a servant? I am so glad we have such a servant. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a kind that will not get discouraged. The next verse, verse 4. The verse 4. Uh -huh. He will not falter or be discouraged. Hallelujah. If you are here, you are discouraged. I want you to know that there is a Jesus. There is a servant of God who will not be discouraged. Oh, yes. That is why Hebrews chapter 12 tells us. He says, lift up your eyes unto him. See him not, in order not to be discouraged. Hebrews 12 verse 1. He says, see him in order not to be discouraged. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Consider Jesus. Consider him who endured scorning and so many things. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of weakness, let's throw off everything. Go to the next verse. The next verse, verse 2. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand 
of the throne of God. The next one. Uh-huh. Consider him. Consider Jesus. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. He's a guy who will not be discouraged. Hallelujah. 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 Who is this Jesus? Hallelujah. Who is this Jesus? I would like to, I would like to bring a, a few points on why he came. Why did he come? And in many parts of our chapter, Isaiah 42, it just makes it so clear why he came. And I'm going to give you two main reasons why God sent him. Now, in the first, in chapter 4, in verse 4, he says, He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. Hallelujah. Three times the Bible is talking about establishing justice and making sure that justice is done here on the earth. Jesus came so that justice, justice, I'm sure that many of us would like to see justice done. And the, the, the God's main instrument for making sure that justice, the difference between rich and poor, the difference between those who are powerful and those who are weak, all of that makes no sense when Jesus is around. Justice. Justice. In fact, in the final days, he says, you see, you see the child playing by the mouth of the cobra. You, it's, it's a picture of weakness and strength living together in peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see the lamb by the lion, and the lion is not trying to eat the lamb. <laughs> they are lying together in safety. Justice. We are still looking forward to that. Hallelujah. He says he will bring justice, he will establish justice, and he will see that justice is done on the earth. He will see that justice is done on the earth. Next reason why he came, the next reason in verse 7, verse 7 to 8, verse 7 to 8. I love this Jesus. Wow. Hmm. To open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Hallelujah. That is why he came, the verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Somehow, somehow, we are giving God's glory to something else. Something else is sharing God's glory because of sin. And Jesus came to take us out of sin, out of the dungeon, out of the prison of captivity. Hallelujah. So that somehow we will all shine the good glory of the Lord. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 2, go with me to Hebrews chapter 2. He makes it so clear. Hebrews 2. I love this Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2. Thank you, Father. He was talking about Jesus here. Verse 6, Hebrews 2, verse 6. He says, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. He made him a little lower than the angels. He crowned him with glory and Hannah and, Hannah, and put everything under his feet. In putting everything under his feet, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet, at present, we do not see everything subject to him. Amen. It says, but we see Jesus. <laughs> hey. But we see who? 
Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor. Listen, he's now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. This Jesus. Crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. He's going to taste death for everyone. Wow. The next verse. In bringing many sons to glory, Jesus came to take us out of the dungeons of sin and slavery and to bring us into glory. Hallelujah. Jesus is bringing us into glory. That's why he came. Amen? It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the altar of their salvation perfect through suffering. Jesus is bringing us to glory. The next one. The next one. Both the man who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Hallelujah. The next one. Go to the verse 14. Verse 14 quickly. And again, I'll put... He says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That's the devil. The verse 15. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. The next one. The next one. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. The next one. Uh-huh. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus came not just to take away our sins, not just to free us from sin, but he came to bring us to glory. Hallelujah. Tell somebody he came to bring us to glory. Shake somebody for me. Tell the person he came to bring us to glory. Jesus came to bring us to glory. He's bringing many sons to glory. Many, many sons to glory. And if you are here, anything is disturbing you. I just want you to know that the servant of the Lord is still doing his work. Hallelujah. The servant of the Lord is still in charge. He is still doing his work. In Revelation chapter 5, Revelation 5, that, that, just, that just blows my mind off. Revelation 5 from 2. Revelation chapter 5. From the verse, let's just start from the verse 1. It says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writings on both sides, sealed with seven seals. The next one. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scrolls? And open the scroll. No one in heaven or on earth is under the earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look into it. I wept and wept. Because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look into it. No one. But see what happens. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and it's seven seals. Now wait, wait here. Now wait here. The lion. Hallelujah. He says what? The lion of the tribe of Judah has triumphed. He has been able to open the scroll. 
He has been able to overcome. Let's see how he overcame. How did he overcome? Verse 6. How did he overcome? Then I saw a lamb. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He has seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Now you see, a lion of the tribe of Judah, when he appeared, he is actually a lamb. <laughs> Who looks like he's been slain. Hallelujah. God says, I am bringing my servant. And my servant is going to triumph by humility. He's going to triumph by being humble. He's going to triumph by going to the cross for you. Hallelujah. My servant is going to triumph. Isaiah saw this and Isaiah just burst into praise. Isaiah just could not withhold himself. Hallelujah. Isaiah said in the verse 9, in the verse 10, in the verse 10, Isaiah 42 verse 10, Sing to the Lord a new song. That is why we come to church every morning. That's why we praise his name. Because he has triumphed being the lamb. Hallelujah. He says, sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the ends of the earth. For you, you who go down to the sea, all that is in it. You islands, all who live in it. Let the desert and the towns raise their voice. Let the settlements where Kedah lives rejoice. Let the people of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praise in the islands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what should make you so excited apart from having this servant of the Lord. It makes me excited. Amen? And we are going to join with Isaiah to praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But this morning we are going to remember what it did for us. We are going to remember the sacrifice he had on our behalf. Hallelujah. We are going to see the sacrifice and remember it. How he triumphed over sin, over death, over hell. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you for sending your servant. It's never enough to thank you. It's never enough to praise you. It's never enough to give you glory. Even if we don't get anything, it is never enough. We thank you for your great sacrifice, for sending your son to die on our behalf. We bless your name. We bless your name. We thank you that he didn't withhold himself from suffering. We thank you that he didn't stop on the way, but he went all the way to the cross because he loved each one of us. Even if it was just for one person, he would have done it. Thank you. We thank you. I pray that this story of the servant of the Lord will stay in our hearts. And Father, may we just deliberate. May we think about it. May we ponder over the things that he did for us. And the words that he said. His life, his attitude. We thank you. Father, I pray that we become more like him. For this is our calling. To become like him. To, to have his glory. To, to, to have his character. To have the way he did and the way he looks like. Thank you. We thank you. Help us, Lord Holy Spirit, to, to think about him, to read about him, to study about him, and to know more. We thank you and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. I'm so blessed this morning as we share God's mail. The Bible says that on the day he was 
sacrificed. On the day he went to the cross, he was eating with his disciples and he took the bread and he broke it. He broke it. I don't know how he broke it, but he broke it. He broke it in a way that his body will be broken. His body was going to be torn apart. Bible says that he was beyond human recognition. His body was destroyed for our sake. And he gave the body and he says, this is my body, broken for you. And Bible says at the end of supper, he took the cup and he says, this is the blood of the new covenant. Drink this and do this in remembrance of me. Every covenant is sealed with blood. And he sealed our new covenant with the Father, with his blood. We thank you. I ask those who are serving with me to come forward and let's serve. Father, we ask for your blessings over this meal. As we eat it, let it be your body and your blood. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We ask the choir to come up and lead us in a time of worship. So as you come, let's think about the body and the blood of the Lord, of the servant of God. Let's worship him. <laughs> 